Hello, you're listening to episode 11 of It's Just The One Podcast, actually. My name is Jay. My name's Adam. This episode, we're going to be looking back at the year 2015 and picking our favourite films from that year. No luck catching them swans, then. It's just the one swan, actually. So on this episode, we're going to revisit our ongoing series on um, films from the last decade. So each... Each episode we pick a year. This one is twenty fifteen, and then we review the films from that that year, and then we pick which one was our favorite from that year. So twenty fifteen, there's a couple in there that are. Uh, it's a belter year. I don't think it was like... the, it was this good of a year, but it's surprise. There's like a mixed bad batch, but it's like. Well, there was one that good. snuck in there right at the end. I didn't realize, oh. and that made it difficult. Like I, I already know what number ten is. Oh, right, okay. When I've mentioned in the past that I have like five films, yeah, that are like ten out of ten. There's two of them in here, so one's, oh, gonna, yeah. one's gonna have to absolutely fuck off. Right, okay. But yeah, we'll get we'll get through it. 2015. I remember we were in university. Mm. Was it second year? Yeah. And I remember the films generally that summer being quite good, but then, as is the case when you look back <laughs> at the films and then rewatch them over time. Some of them now are a bit... Uh, so, like, Avengers Age Ultron came out 2015. That didn't that didn't rank high in our... No, not at all. In our Marvel. Um, Spectre's on here. Not, not into not, that not, massively. No. 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 Um, Fifty Shades of Grey. Love it. Adam loves it. I'm joking. Um, I really don't. I really don't. Pan. Is that the one with... He, is that Hugh Jackman as Hook? I think so. The Ball Dead. I've never seen that yeah, film. Swear of that. Yeah, we'll swear of that. Um, Minions was still a thing in still 2015. Is, isn't it? This, five years ago, and it feels like a lifetime ago. Minions is still a thing. Bad Education, the movie. So I see we're getting like all the really this terrible like things out of the way. Here. Abs- I just want to. I just want to before we talk good things, talk about how shit some of these shit films made it to screen terminator genesis is an absolute fucking ted <laughs> it's a shit show isn't it's it it's so fucking bad um lord the terminator franchise is just on its arse and it has been since number two fantastic <laughs> four <laughs> oh, that's the remake isn't it it's that was oh my god that was the remake that completely flopped by fox and it just i haven't even seen it no, i don't want to watch it but the cast was like quite good yeah, it was Miles like Teller nice and uh, michael b jordan but it made like it made no like thirty to see quid, it. and then the people who did go to see it just laughed at it, and then in the end they yeah. just scrapped everything. And I think it's gone back to Disney and Marvel now. Um, I think that's it for all the shit. San Andreas, so another one of the rocks. The Rock made his a yearly appearance is as year- the same character all right. in every other film. All right, I'm just saying. Jupiter Ascending, so that was meant to be shit. Oh, that was meant to be like the big epic, wasn't it? Yeah, and that by was the shite as well. Matrix people. Yeah, the people. And I think that's it. Largely for shit in front of uh, me. There was a lot of shit, like. Um, but uh, there was a lot of good to make A lot, a lot shit. of good, though, yeah. So let's get into it. We can transition and just mention one dead quick. The Force Awakens came out at the end of 2015. That's, that's sort of like... Force Awakens, yeah. Force Awakens falls into the Avengers Age of Ultron category where it came out. I absolutely loved it when I went to the pictures to see it. And then... The Last Jedi came out 
and everything was ruined for me. So, <laughs> Force Awakens, unfortunately, mm. despite it being quite good, and it's just, but I think, do you know what? I think you sort of ruined it. You just finished it off for me when we did that Star Wars one when you were like, <laughs> it's basically New Hope, well, like yeah. rehashed. And I was like, yeah. actually, it is just New Hope rehashed. Is, yeah. So, that film's completely dead to me as well. Yeah. If you'd like to hear more on that subject, Go and listen to our three-hour rant yeah, on Star Wars. We're not, I'm not going back up to back. Star Wars. I'm not <laughs> trying to avoid Star Wars. Um, but yeah, so Force Awakens come out the end of the year. That was like the big film that year. I think it made two billion. Um, yeah, something ridiculous. Rightfully yeah. so, because everyone was just dying to watch Star Wars. Um, but yeah, that falls into the Avengers Age of Ultron category of being a film where... Uh, it doesn't even fall into the Avengers Age of Ultron <laughs> category because... The only reason Avengers is so low is because so much good stuff come out of Avengers. Yeah. And the other Star Wars films were all shite off from Rogue One. Um, and The Mandalorian. Shout out The Mandalorian. Um, but yeah, we'll get into the good stuff now then because I'm just getting wound up about Star Wars <laughs> again. Um, shall I go first? Yeah, mate. Drop us one in. So <laughs> Adam laughed at me when I said this one because hmm. he said... Oh, how is it any different from Rocky? <laughs> if you've seen Creed, you'll know that it does follow the same tropes as yeah, as Rocky. Because let's be honest, it's there's only one there's only one certain way you can go with a boxing film. Yeah, exactly. So what, um, when I say when I say is like I haven't seen it because I know I've already seen it in my head. You know what mm. I mean? I know exactly. Like, come on, it's and I get what it's you a, it's mean. A, it's a it's a boxing. I get film. what you mean, but it's 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 better. Yeah, I yeah, I imagine it will be better, it's, but you know, I'm, not, I'm better, in a rush. Basically, it's better than it has any. Like it's 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 hard to explain. It's so well shot, first of all. So yeah. it's by um, Ryan Coogler, right? Who directed Black Panther? Ah, uh, so he did Creed, and then he did Black Panther. All right, and it's so well shot, and it's so well directed. the The boxing scenes are phenomenal. Mm. They are one take. They are mostly one take where the camera will go in the ring and it will like walk around the yeah. ring with the boxers while the boxing and stuff like that and it'll go then pan out it will go over the crowd and then it will swoop back in yeah. to to the ring with the boxing oh, it enough. is absolutely fantastic how he directed this film it's it takes the rocky idea and all them ideologies and stuff and puts them into a different sort of a different culture right I think is the best way to say it is it puts it into a different culture. So, um, by what I mean by that is that it's Apollo is obviously um, Creed is obviously Apollo Creed's son. Yeah. Um, comes from he he's like a he's like a financial person at the start of the film. He does boxing, like is, he tries to keep boxing away from his family. Doesn't yeah. let them know about it. Um, and then he starts wanting to become professional, but he doesn't want to take up the Creed name. Mm. He tries to go um, under his own name, like a different name. Yeah. Um, starts making good progress, sort of thing. Moves to Philly. Speaks to Rocky. Wants Rocky to be his trainer. Rocky becomes his trainer, and then it leaks out into the press that he's Creed's son, and suddenly he gets promoted to like oh, right. the big time. Um, even though he might not be ready for it, but it it is does follow the same tropes as 
the Rocky films because let's be honest, that's how the franchise continued and that's why mm. there's like six of those films. Um, but it's like a different way of looking at it sort of thing. It's like, it's a new character. Rocky's now the coach. So Rocky, it's, it's hard to explain without actually you watching it. Yeah. So Rocky is now, it, there's so much character development in that film. So Rocky is now the coach and he's sort of like, in the tri- he's sort of his characters, everything that he had is gone, right? And he's still there, so he's mm. sort of like lost. He's sort of this. I don't want to say he's he's sort of away from boxing. He's got his own restaurants and stuff. Everything that he's loved is gone. He's just got his pictures and his restaurant left. Yeah, and he has no passion for it and whatsoever. And then this young kid comes along and sort of sparks his passion back right. into what he loves and stuff and tries and gets him out and stuff like that. And in the meantime, Creed is trying to become his own person and and not live up to his father's legacy and stuff and wants to go down his own path. But then he realises that there's no shame in going in his father's legacy and stuff. It's it's quite an emotional film, to be honest. Right. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, really recommend it. Michael B. Jordan is absolutely phenomenal. He is an unreal actor well i imagine that's probably how we got the part in black panther then yeah yeah so from being um, impressive in ryan coogler he worked with ryan coogler on ryan coogler's first film which i forgot the name for i think it's fruitville station which i haven't seen and then ryan cast him as creed Mm. um and he's absolutely amazing in this film he's such a brilliant actor especially with his eyes and like his facial expressions and stuff he's absolutely amazing he is in He's in boxing level shape. You you you'll, you look at the Rocky films; they're not in like. Mm. You can tell that probably Sylvester Stallone goes and has a burger or something after shooting. Um, you, he's in like he looks like he can, he can compete. Like yeah. the way he does his training and stuff, it's all like a box. Like a boxer would go and do the tricks and the training and stuff like that. So there's no cutting corners around it. He's absolutely huge in this film. It completely changes his body. Um, throws himself into the role. Tony Bell using it, yeah, which Adam brought up before. <laughs> Tony is obviously like... isn't an actor, and it goes down the old troop of the Rocky films of getting actual boxers mm. or wrestlers and stuff and come in and play characters. Um, so Tony Bell using it, <laughs> he does have a couple of speaking parts. Adam <laughs> is laughing. Um, shite, mate. He's not shite. <laughs> he's 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 go, go he's on YouTube right. right and just type in. Tony Bell, you <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll put the clip in and n- listen to. Him. No one speaks like that. No one talks <laughs> like that. I know he's got a Scouse accent and he's You're trying. A false creed. He's, tra- he's trying to like sort of, um, what's the word? Like speak like more like yeah. eloquently so people can actually understand him. But no one talks like that. Hey, Donnie, you were robbed. This way, oh, that did ten seconds longer. Ten seconds longer. Creed. You gonna get it, chum? You're the future of this division. You wear that name of pride. Respect. The main reason I love this film is just because Everton's in it, to be honest. But yeah, I was going to say, it's not like an Everton bias because it's yeah, it's the fight in Goodison. Yeah. It's at Goodison. Absolutely amazing. Sick. Um, <laughs> but no, it's absolutely fantastic. I'll give it a go then. Please watch it, Adam. I'll give, I'll give it a double bill. as well. Just before the sequel is... Um, is just as good. Like yeah. the one and two are absolutely fantastic. The sequel's got um Drago's 
son comes into it. See, right. See, that's obviously that sounds boss, but that's what I'm saying. Like, anyone, if Creed 2 didn't exist, nah. and you were like, what's the plot right. for Creed 2? You go, well, the fella who killed Creed's dad, his son, he's going to fight his him. son, and it's like, you know right, what I'm, you know yeah, on, on paper, yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. However, but it, but it's, the way it's they cool. set it up in it is absolutely superb mm. because I think they know that you're coming out it, come out that way. So the way they set it up in number two is that um, Dra- Ivan Drago, after his defeat, has just like been like Russia want nothing to do with him. Mm. He's in Ukraine. He's living there, mm. and he literally just takes it all out on on his son, all right. trying to get a redemption for his son. And it's like that sort of dynamic. Yeah. Whereas the other side, you've got Rocky and Creed, sort of father and son dynamic. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, but yeah, don't dismiss the Creed films, mate. They're absolutely unreal. Please right. watch them. Sorry, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Educate yourself. <laughs> what have you got? Um, I've got, um, let me just throw one in. That quick to mention. I watched this again recently the other day. Straight out of Compton. Mm. Now that that film, right, <laughs> is fucking phenomenal. Because I'm not, I'm not into rap. I'm just not. Yeah. It's not. It's not my thing. I listen to, I listen to like a bit of it, but um, that film's unbelievable. So it obviously tells it tells the story of the first few years of NWA. Yeah. And um, basically how they all met each other, started the group, and how they got famous so quickly and stuff. But uh, Ice Cube's son plays Ice Cube. The guy, He's the image of him, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Like, it's like unbelievable. The guy who plays Dr. Dre, like that that's like uncanny. Yeah. Um but it's just the way that the way the story's told, I just think like you, you can't begin to imagine what it could have been like for um black people in Compton at the time and exactly. you know how horrible it was. But yeah. it's like when films depict racism, that's that's like one of the best examples I've ever seen. Mm. And you know, I'd recommend literally anyone to watch it. If you don't like rap music, it doesn't matter. It's not. It's one of them, really. Rap music is that everyone's sort of quite dismissive of rap music, yeah. saying, "Oh, I'm I'm past my teenage years now. I don't like rap music and stuff like that, hip hop." But it's it's poetry and stuff for yeah. for for a whole like a culture, mm, exactly. a movement. Um, Straight Outta Compton is absolutely amazing. You're right. Yeah. It's fantastic. That's for all the reasons. That's seen this one. Um, playing like one of the first big shows i think they're in like detroit or something like that yeah and obviously they have the song fuck the police which is yeah about the whole oppression and all you know everyone knows what what that is um and then the police come in and it's like you're not allowed to sing that song because you're inciting like violence mm. in crowds and yeah and your fans like you are not allowed to sing. if you sing that song you will get arrested yeah and then like they, they finish one of the songs at the gig and then they're all like looking at each other on stage and then Ice Cube, so I can't remember what the line is at the start of the song. I'm not going to say it anyway. But basically, tells him to start playing the track. Yeah, and it goes fucking off. Yeah, and like all the police, like trying to like, get through the crowd, like to get on stage and, and get an. Oh, it's fucking amazing. Y'all don't the motherfucking police trying to tell us backstage. <laughs> they try to tell us what the fuck we can't play. Motherfuckers trying to tell us what the fuck we can't say. Put the middle fingers high in the sky. 
to the punk ass cop backstage. Yo, Dre. What up? I got something to say. Fuck the police coming straight from the underground. A young nigga got it bad because I'm brown. And not the other color, so police think they had the authority to kill a minority. Fuck that shit because I ain't the one. For a punk motherfucker with a badge and a gun. To be- Love it. The whole, like, defiance of the whole Definitely, film. yeah. With everything, like, like. Yeah, exactly. That's why I've rewatched it recently. With everything going on and stuff. Yeah. Um, Black Lives Matter movements and stuff. Yeah. It's one. It's definitely on the list for educational purposes. Yeah, yeah. there's um, like so many tools out there you can educate yourself. Yeah, on this whole issue and films. Film films is, are one of the most accessible ways to do yeah. that. Yeah, watch watch black film. Watch black mm. film directors. Yeah, well, watch. Yeah. We were talking about Spike Lee before, weren't we? Yeah, and and he's been doing it since. He's literally been doing it since the late eighties, early nineties. Spike Lee, um, do the right thing. Mm. That's go and watch that. Just go and watch Do the Right Thing. It came out in I think eighty nine mm. and it's the fact that it still has um Relevance. a connection to twenty twenty is both a shame and an education in its yeah, own way. It's yeah. an absolutely superb film, Do the Right Thing. Um He's also got Black Clansman on which come out in twenty eighteen. Another one to educate yourself with. Um at Black Clansman that actually leans on the side the comedy as well it's actually a really really funny film but funny for the purposes of like a black man infiltrated the Ku Klux Klan yeah yeah <laughs> like how fucking stupid yeah <laughs> they have to be exactly um but Spike Lee honestly he has a bit of an iffy part in the middle <laughs> but the majority <laughs> of Spike Lee's films um touch on black like the Black Lives Matter movements and what black people have to sort of have to go through and white privilege mm. from our side um stuff that we don't see or stuff that we we are oblivious to or mm. that we turn our eyes and don't recognize yeah. and we shouldn't we need to start looking at it um educate yourself watch some films but yeah straight out of compton by adam we sort of went off on a little yeah it went off on a tangent but um that's that's why it, it's so good really because it it's a really strong voice in that sort of, um, in those sorts of terms. So definitely yeah. recommend it. Hundred percent. But uh, that's not one of my better films. So I'll throw another one <laughs> in there quickly. The Lobster, right? This is what's such a weird film. So it's Colin Farrell yeah. and I think Rachel Weisz. I think yeah. Daniel Craig's bed. Yes, yeah, and it's directed by it's a Greek director. I can't remember his name. It's uh, what's his name? He does the the favorite. Is it? He directed the favorite. Oh, there you go. Now that'll and, explain um, that because Olivia Coleman's in the Lobster as well. Yeah, she is. Yeah, so the Lobster. It's about people. It's like sort of it's like a people. it's like a near future, like dystopian yeah. kind of thing. And basically, um, if you, if you're single, you get sent to this like facility, like this place, and you get forty is it forty five days or something like that. Yeah, you get like forty five days to find a life partner. Yeah, and if you don't do that, you get turned into the animal of your choice <laughs> and put into the wilderness. But it's just fucking so good. It's such a great idea, and it's like the, the sort twisted, of twisted, like, but such yeah, yeah. like like how niche it is and yeah, how strange it sounds. That's like reflected in the whole like aesthetic yeah. of the film and the performances. Colin Farrell's really good. I feel like he's he's a much better director than people 
sort of think he is. Like he he has like a handful of crap films, but oh, Colin when, when he when he's got a good role and he's on it, like he, he he's Colin really Farrell's good. absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, I always think like the the one thing one film I always think of him when someone mentions is in Bruges. In Bruges, and he's fucking like uh, hilarious. He carries that film despite he the does. fact that the. It's such an incredible script. He's good in that. He's good in um, He's good in Lobster, like you say. He's good in, in Bruges. They're, they're all, like, as you said before, he has got, like, a shift films, like yeah. Alexander and well, he did that, Daredevil. Remember that, like, weird <laughs> film he did, like, that Fright Night? That was, that was just Fright crap. Night. It's just, like, a, like a vampire, like, a good idea. But then he's got roles like anyway, Seven Psychopaths. Yeah. Um... Great film. He's in where he pops up in Widows. Yeah. Do you um, remember Phone Booth? Save Mr. Banks was a good film. He's in that. Oh, Tom Hanks. And, um, Do you remember Phone Booth? Phone Booth. <laughs> Jesus that all the time and I was like Minority 10. Report, of course. He's a Minority yeah. Report. Fantastic Beasts is the one that I wanted to mention. Um, yeah. He's, he's sort of like the bad guy, isn't he, in Fantastic mm. Beasts. Yeah. And he's absolutely fantastic in yeah. that film as well. Um, but no, I like Corin Fowl. Yeah. But this film... It's just like yeah. it's proper, proper. Like I said before, proper niche, but it's good because there's a bit there's nowhere like he, he sort of like befriends this fella, like becomes his mate, but he's already, he's been in there longer than him. Yeah, and then like he obviously disappears because he doesn't find like love, and yeah. then he he sees him, doesn't he? Like as an animal, yeah, and he recognizes him when he's like <laughs> it's, I think he's like a goat or something. I can't remember, but he's just like staring at him, and it's like that is his fucking mate. He's been turning into like a fucking goat or a deer or something. It's so good. It's brilliant. Honestly, really, really good film. It's a proper, um, like, um, what's the word? Wouldn't like be it, for everyone, but... No, no, but it's, like, proper, like, that's, like, escapism. Yeah. Like, you want to watch a film that's like, completely different to anything else. The music's very, like, weird in that yeah, film yeah. as well, and it's It's very, yeah. like, um, I don't know, like, builds-up sort of thing. Like, yeah, it's, like, eerie, isn't it? Eerie, yeah. yeah. It's a good word for it, eerie. Um, but, yeah, The Lobster. The Lobster, <laughs> fantastic. Fucking great. Another one, sorry. Go on. True Detective, Colin Farrell. I haven't even seen True Detective, mate. Unreal. None of them. Unreal. Um, one give, from me. Give us another one. Jurassic World. Hmm. The first one. The reboot. For no other purpose other than it made me feel like I was six years old again <laughs> and watching Jurassic Park. Um, nostalgia sells at the end of the day. Mm. And, you know, like you look at like Lion King that came out recently, Star Wars is getting every other film like under the sun like that's yeah. just getting blown out of proportion it just feels like Disney are just remaking everything um, and in 2015 they finally decided to do a sequel sort of reboot to Jurassic Park Jurassic World um, Jurassic Park is probably my favourite film of all time one of them yeah. um, it is like the first film I have like my earliest memories of watching um, so I was really, really excited to watch Jurassic World. It doesn't, so it's not great. Let me get this straight first. It's not great. It's not. It's not. There's so many plot holes. There's the acting's a bit iffy, even mm. from Chris Pratt. Chris yeah. Pratt's acting's a bit horrendous, and it's to be honest, <laughs> the, the 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 plot just doesn't work. No. Um. It's just like she runs around in heels, <laughs> like sprints, like yeah. Usain bolts yeah. it when she's yeah. running away from that T Rex. Yeah, she out like pretty much like outruns a T Rex in heels. <laughs> it's like, but for sheer like 
enjoyment. I watched that film with like the biggest smile on my face all the yeah. way through it. It just it was absolutely amazing. So like they make that new T-Rex mm. it turns invisible and stuff like that <laughs> obviously yeah. um, oh, I didn't even get to the best bit in this film is that the nice little doctor in the first one <laughs> who like makes the dinosaurs and mm. stuff and he's just like um, and he tells he tells what's his name that it's a raptor egg and stuff and he's yeah. like oh and he's just like an innocent side character turns out to be the film's villain <laughs> in Jurassic World so Dr. Wu turns out to be like this mad scientist who just goes you didn't want better you wanted bigger with scary more teeth and stuff like that he just turns into this absolute psychopath who's just hellbent on like making bigger monsters and making his own dinosaurs um anyway going off on a bit of a tangent for putting a smile on my face and for like actually seeing like how dressed like there's a the good part of that film where the park actually works and it's yeah. like seeing yeah, yeah. like oh actually it does actually work and yeah, stuff yeah. So they it, have, is, like, it is little, a good idea they, actually, have, yeah. they have like little um playpen with all the baby dinosaurs yeah. and they're getting yeah. like you can have a little ride on a triceratops and you know they have the raptors and they're like doing the training and stuff with the raptors hmm. there's some really good ideas in there the big massive like fish dinosaur that comes up and eats the shot oh yeah and then like the ending where it's just like that re- that t-rex that goes invisible <laughs> is about to like chomp down on them and then the raptor comes from nowhere and has a little team up with the fucking yeah. the t-rex from the first film yeah. love it absolutely love it it was absolutely amazing i think it's um, just more the fact that like obviously you watch the first jurassic park films when you're so young and because that was like a mix of practical and cgi yeah like a practical effects and cgi and it looked fucking amazing yeah so like they go oh we're remaking it now but it's gonna look even better than it did before yeah yeah that's one of the main things for me on why i quite like watching that film so much because yeah. that scene like you just said when it's like the hybrid t-rex <laughs> fighting the t-rex <sighs> and then all the raptors and then that big fucking whale thing comes out comes like, out and just finishes like that off. whole like 10 minutes it's it is amazing boss. Is boss, but um, so over the top and just so cheesy. But I absolutely loved that film. Sequel was shit. Don't talk about no, the sequel. I haven't seen it. Um, don't don't watch it. It's crap. It's on Netflix. They're all on Netflix now. But um, no, Jurassic World. Absolutely love it. Um, yeah, that makes the list. So um, the next the next film I mentioned, we've definitely 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 spoken about this before because we've spoken about the main actor before who actually plays two parts in the film. Um, I feel like we probably talk about Tom Hardy like maybe every episode. Easily. Um, well, he did Legend in 2015. We've, we've spoken about it before, so we won't do too much privacy. Um, tells the true story of the Cray Twins going around knocking shit out of everyone in the 60s. I come here for a shootout. <laughs> like a western. <laughs> <laughs> so he, play, he plays both Cray Twins. Um, he plays Reggie, who's like uh, the more normal of the two. Yeah. And then well, they're both psychopaths. Yeah, they're both psychopaths, but Ronnie's particularly unhinged. He's the one who just like turns up with fucking hammers <laughs> and stabs people all the time. And, um, but yeah, the, the way he, he can play two characters despite being twins that are so different, um, it, it's unbelievable. Like He's it's, absolutely it's like fantastic. Both performances are absolutely yeah. Yeah. superb. Um, and then there's always that, there's that scene in that film where they fight each other 
and I, and I can't understand how the fuck they did that because it's like it's not like you know where it's like cut to make it look no. happening it's like it, the fucking scrapping like no. it's really good I don't know if it's like CGI it's fantastic or... it's a really really good film um, well, I think yeah we have spoke about it before yeah I think I mentioned that time, that my nan watched it she loved it um, <laughs> but yeah absolutely super I just love it, that fight bit where he's just like mm. like a western and then um <laughs> One of the other gangsters is standing there with like a rolling pin. He's yeah. like, what are you going to do with that? Are you going to bake me a cake? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like brilliant. Um, but yeah, absolutely superb film. Tom Hardy at his best. Um, and Duffy's in that film as well. Duffy? Yeah. The Welsh singer. Well, yeah. she's from Rock Ferry or something, isn't she? She's from Rock Ferry, yeah. She's, she's in it? She's a fezzard. She's um, the <laughs> singer in the club. Is little, that a hit? Yeah, yeah she's a little fezzed. Little fezzed. Um, yeah. She's been relevant in about 20 years. Shout out the fez. Yeah, oh, mate, can I get two Guinnesses, please? Yeah, hang on a second. Just got to go down and change the barrel. Rich, Ron, the Richardsons were unexpectedly engaged, so we're going to look after you. Oh, it's all right. Um, our landlord's going to change the barrel for me, thanks. You don't mind if I pull myself a pint, yeah? What is that? Yeah, what do you think, Puff? It's a fucking tool. Oh, it's not. It's a fucking rolling pin. Who are you, Franny Craddock? Who are you do with that? You're gonna bake me a cake, you're gonna sing me a song, watch me blow out my fucking candles. I come here for a fucking shootout, right? A proper shootout with some proper men. Like Colonel Custer and Geronimo. Have you ever heard of them? No. Because you were too busy in your penny baking fucking fairy cakes, weren't you? Which, this lot of fucking nonsense to a man, they're fucking nonsense. Get me fucking way. Go on, get up. Go on, fuck off. Call yourself a fucking gangster. A shootout, right? It's a fucking shootout! Like a western. Wankers. Fucking embarrassing. Waste of our time. Fucking waste of our time! But yeah, legends. We won't go too much into it because we spoke about it before. But yeah. it's absolutely superb, cool. and it brings me nicely go on. into my film. Ah, um, so Tom Hardy did another film in 2015, mm. and um, I think it is probably one of the best films ever. I thought you were going to say something else because he's. Really? He's in another film this he's year. He's in as another well. film yeah. in 2015. Yeah, we'll come on to it. You, go, you do yours. Oh, he is? Yeah. He's in He's in that other film as well. He is, yeah. Uh, 2015 is Tom, Tom Hardy's Hardy's the year. man, yeah. Um, but this film is actually. Yeah. So, Mad Max Fury Road. Hmm. Another reboot? I wanted. It's not a reboot. Yeah. It's a sequel. Well, yeah, well. Same as uh, Jurassic World. Like, well, yeah, it's just. It, you know, but it's, it's like he's playing the same. He's playing the same Mad Max as Mel Gibson played. Yeah, yeah, but like I'm saying, like a reboot is in the fact that it's been like what 25, 30 years. We'll say since the last one. Okay, we'll say a continuation, a re re sequel, continuation. <laughs> okay, we got a lot of them actually. Um, this is like the one that nobody probably asked for. Yeah, it sort of came out of nowhere. And didn't then it? at the end of it, everyone was like, "Okay, when are you going to make more of them?" Um. For anyone doesn't know, Mad Max was a series in like the eighties. I want to say it's Mel Gibson's first role, um, of one of his early roles, where he, 
it's set in a dystopian future mm. where the world's run out of water. It's like everywhere's a wasteland and there's just like clans and there's like loads of interbreeding and there's like fight pits and it's just like an absolutely disgusting world. Like horrible. <laughs> and George Miller, the director, made I think three of them mm. and then stopped. And then George Miller sort of went on to make um I don't know if you know this. So George Miller, who makes the most violent films ever, made Babe. Pig in the City, Babe. And Babe Two. <laughs> he got hooked after the first one, didn't he? So, so he made Babe Pig in the City. Babe Two. And then he made I'm sure he made so he made Babe. <laughs> Babe picking the city, and then he made Happy Feet <laughs> and off. Happy Feet 2. What the fuck? So he made three Mad Max films, <laughs> uh, 1979, 1981, and 1985, the last film, uh, Beyond the Thunderdome. And then he made The Witches of Eastwick, <laughs> Babe... <laughs> Babe picking the city, happy feet, and happy feet too. What the fuck? So like films that you just couldn't be further from yeah. Mad Max. And then his last film was Happy Feet Two, two thousand eleven, and he made Happy Feet, the first one, two thousand six. So his last like live action film was nineteen ninety eight, Babe picking the city. He hadn't <laughs> shot, he hadn't shot live action since nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. Okay. 2015 comes along mm. he, revis- re- re- he revisits Mad Max mm. Tom Hardy in the role as Max and Charlie's Theron comes into it as Furiosa yeah when I say this film is one of the best films made it is probably one of the best films ever made it is certainly probably the greatest action film ever made and I mean that hands down like this is an absolute this is absolutely outrageous this film so when you watch this film, first thing you'll notice is how many practical effects oh, are yeah. in this. Yeah. But also there's a lot of CGI. 95% are all practical effects. Only 5% of this film is CGI. So there's a ma- there's a scene where there's a massive storm mm. and it's just like everything's flinging around everywhere. Everything's blowing up. Only 5% of that is the CGI. Fucking it's yeah. just the storm. Everything else, he went into the desert and he shot um, and... Everything was just exploding and stuff like that. Yeah, I can go. I can go. I'm a massive nerd about this film. Mm. So, all of Tom Hardy's stunts are all his own. There's a scene where there's a bridge. There's two big truck things. All the cars, by the way, were all designed um, in Australia by this. I can't remember what the garage is called, but I think they made over 200 cars, mm. and they are all like different, and each like each car is different. Each car is like varies and stuff yeah. like that absolutely outrageous so there's these two big massive like trunk like big truck things and there's a scene where tom hardy is on like a ladder and he's in the middle of them and there's a shot where so he's on the ladder he's in between these two trucks while they're both driving and there's a shot where he's at the top of the ladder and he's going down the other way and while he's going down the other way there's an explosion in the background where it just flips like that that's all shot like live action really? like that's just one take it's absolutely outrageous this film i can't get my head around like how someone would film this film yeah um so george miller the other thing about this film is that it looks absolutely beautiful like it's the color it is the like... cinematography in this film 
is absolutely outrageous. And there's that ongoing joke on film Twitter where it's like, film Twitter is just everyone having an argument and massive debate over films until someone puts a picture up of Mad Max Fury yeah. Road and everyone just yeah. goes, oh my God, that film. And everyone just loves it. So there's a night scene in the film. Yeah. Um, and it is absolutely beautiful. Like, it's bearing black and white with hints of grey and stuff like that. That scene wasn't filmed at night in the desert. It was filmed at like three o'clock mm. midday in the desert, bright bearing sun. And then they just flipped it and turned yeah. it into night for the film. And it's absolutely beautiful. There's the bit where she falls on her knees on the sand and it's just, oh my God, it's absolutely amazing. The acting's superb. So I'm just going on a massive tangent about my Alex I'm not even asked because this film's absolutely <laughs> fucking amazing. So there's the um, Tom Hardy and Charlie's Theron hate each other on mm. set, didn't really like each other um, to the point where they'd sit in different parts of like when they're shooting, he'd sit one half of the desert <laughs> and she'd sit really? the other. Like, didn't want to be anywhere near each other until they finished the film and mm. now apparently they're best of mates because of it's sort of like the equivalent of going to war apparently and then like coming oh, out right. of it and like you've both been through yeah. that sort of <laughs> that gruelling like Charlie's Ferron is quoted as saying like it's the most gruelling film shoot she's ever done like okay. it's ab- it was absolutely horrible um, but the results speak for themselves so yeah Charlie's Ferron's absolutely amazing she plays Furiosa who's sort of the main character so Mad Max mm. isn't even the main character of this film he's sort of like the side character she is classic like Ripley from Alien sort of character. Strong female lead, absolutely fantastic. Charlie's Theron just knocks out the park. Um, one thing I want to say about the film is the editing. Mm. The editing is absolutely beautiful. So obviously, editing and action movies, they sort of it's like so fast paced, and they have to sort of like keep up with the action. So there's like John Wick films do it quite well, where they they make sure they get all the action and all the stunt work into the shot yeah. and try not to edit it too much. So for this film, um, George Miller actually asked his partner <laughs> to edit the film. So his partner, Margaret Sixel, she'd only worked on the Babe films <laughs> and the Happy Feet films. She'd never met, she'd never edited action before. Yeah. Never in her life edited action. And when she was asked, when when she asked George and said, "Are you sure you want me to edit this film? It's an action film, and never, mm. I've like never edited it's an action film." George Miller apparently turned around to her and said, um, "That's why I want you to edit it. I I want this film not to be edited as an action film. Yeah. Should be edited, and it's not. It's just absolutely big wide angles, big wide takes, everything in frame, explosions everywhere. Yeah. It's absolutely, it's mad. Yeah." It's it says what it's it's yeah, the titles yeah. and it's absolutely madness. This film it's unreal. Um, well, what are you saying then? You, you talk, you're talking about the editing. Um, she won. She won the Oscar. She won. For it. Of course, she did. She won the because, Oscar for best editing and also the sound mixing as well. Yeah. So like the whole the, the whole gelling of the film, literally. It's it literally because yeah because he turned around because yeah. she's never done action before, and it just works so well. So she she refuses to cut on like to get closer into the action she just wants everything on this big wide lens swooping down big massive angles all shot like practical like there's not there's no cgi Mm. or anything whatsoever hardly other than the storms and stuff Mm. like that 
and everything's on these big massive ads. There's a fucking guy and he plays guitar with a. So yeah. Have you seen the guy? Yeah, he's, he's like on the on the front of that he's massive on like truck. A massive truck with massive fucking speakers behind him. Mm. He's got a guitar. And the guitar's got a flamethrower on it, so when he's yeah. playing guitar, the flames come out. That's all practical, mate. Yeah. He actually was, had the music you can and see stuff like behind him. On the behind the scenes stuff that film, all the cars, like all the detail on the cars yeah. is like real. Like all the bits yeah. like fucking like hanging on, like flying off. Yeah. And there's like how many like cars in, in like do you know what I mean? In yeah. one scene. So obviously for people who haven't seen it, it's the whole film's pretty much just just a car chase, isn't it? Pretty essentially much. yeah yeah obviously there's, there's more to it than that obviously but like a lot of the a lot of the scenes involve the cars chasing yeah. each other and people fighting between them and shit blowing up and and all that but it's absolutely it is unreal. it is carnage isn't it it literally grabs you by the throat and just doesn't let go yeah. until it, it yeah. ends it's absolutely carnage um well worth watch you don't have to watch the other mad max no, films. No. i haven't seen i haven't seen mad max films i don't want to watch the other mad max films <laughs> this is just perfection for me yeah. it's absolutely amazing Mad Max Fury Road no it's brilliant uh, there's not much more I can say there really because you've absolutely fucking like you've like made love to it Um, but you, you mentioned just like how it looks the cinematography and stuff but I've mentioned a few times like the colour palettes on films but like this film the oranges it reminds me of like Blade Runner 2049 oh yeah but obviously this is before that yeah like the whole like uh, orange scale of the color of the film, yeah, and it the blues and the, light. and the blues, yeah, the way because they, the they contrast the each other. Oh my god, it's amazing! It looks beautiful. Um, yeah, recommend a, it. It's um, just dead fun to watch as well. So, if you, it's on Prime, mm. so there's no excuse for you not to watch it. Got it's, it on, it's on stream. It's on Prime. But I was about to say, if you want, if you do watch it on Prime, you want to watch it again, like buy it. When you buy it, there's two versions that come with the Blu-ray now. So there's the normal standard version, and there's a um, black and chrome version. Really? So it's um, it's obviously like black and white, but instead of whites, they're chromes. Yeah. And it's abs- oh my god, it's just That's like sick. it's just so. Oh. That's boss. But you see a lot of that now. So like, mm. I think they did it first, and then Logan did it after it, where it was like they released Logan, and there was two versions. There was yeah. a black and white version, and a. It just makes it stylistically a bit better for us for us weirdos who actually like that sort of thing. Um, but Mad Max Fury Road, hands down, well worth a watch. Absolutely amazing. I'll um, we'll stick on the Tom Hardy team. When, yeah, when three Jake, Tom Hardys yeah, in a row. When Jake said there's a film here that Tom Hardy was in that's like, you know, the best one, I was like, oh yeah, I agree. And then I fucking realised he was talking about a completely different film. So Tom, Tom Hardy... Uh, stars and something else. He's not so prominent in this one in terms of his role. He's mm. more of a supporting character. But um, the film is The Revenant. Yes. By Alejandro Gonzalez in Arito. In Arito. Who we talked about on the last feature of this. Did Birdman in 2014. Yeah. Come back the next fucking year. And did uh, The Revenant. Back to back films. Mate. So The Revenant is based on a book. Which is also based upon a poem. So it's... Um, Loosely based around the character, I'm not mm. sure to what extent the events are real. Yeah, um, but it's a it's just a revenge story. So Leonardo DiCaprio, who won his first Oscar for this, obviously, and rightly so as well. Um, he is get mauled by a bear to win yeah, an Oscar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which that that scene as well is phenomenal. And like sleeping a dead horse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he he gets attacked by a bear, um, and then he's like becomes a liability for the whole like crew and yeah they're constantly being chased uh tom hardy 
does something horrible to someone close to Leonardo DiCaprio's character. Yeah. I'm not going to say where this. I was nearly said then, but people might not have seen it. And if you haven't, get a fucking grip because it's one of the greatest films of all time. Um, and then it just becomes a whole revenge story. Leonardo DiCaprio has to sort of nurse himself back to health, yep. track down Tom Hardy and get his revenge. Uh, this film was filmed in Canada to begin with. And there's not one light used in this film. It's all 100% natural light. Is it? Yep, 100%. Not one light is used in this film. Jesus Christ. So anytime, oh, no. anytime yeah. it's night, it's fire. I and remember. in the day, it's it's just sunlight. And it's it's fucking insane to, I remember that, to do yeah. that. We spoke about, on the first episode, talk about 1917 and how they hardly used any lights. But yeah. when they did, they made it just look like, you know, natural, as natural as possible. Um, so they were in Canada filming. So they had to wait for the sun to come out. To make to make the shots consistent, they couldn't go and film if it was if the weather was different. For example, now like with the sun coming in and out as we're sitting here, if that happened, today was a write-off. So um, the original shoot I think was sixty days, like a sixty-day shoot, but it took them nine months to do it. So they were filming in Canada, and then basically they ran out of time. The season changed, so they had to go to Chile and Argentina. Literally, the other side. Well, they had to chase. The, they had to go to the chase the, the sunlight, didn't they? Yeah, they had to go to the a, a different. The different hemisphere to film the rest of the film. Mad. Um so that alone, that feat in itself is unbelievable. It's he the cinematography. About this in um that round table that we recommended, mm. isn't yeah. it? So he's yeah. he's like I think yeah. he's talking to Tarantino about it because yeah. he did the same with Hateful like, didn't he? Um but absolutely unreal like mm. to dedicate yourself to, I know. It's to unbelievable. that is just absolutely it's unbelievable. unreal even the opening scene like that that one shot obviously it's it's a seamless thing like it does it does cut but like they're like tracking them through like this sort of like swamp yeah like moving through the water and just the that opening scene is beautiful and then i knew when i'd seen that scene i was like this this is going to be an incredible film yeah um so a lot of it's uh Leonardo DiCaprio on his own and he does like some unbelievable things so he he has gets a horse doesn't he yeah um that falls off a cliff <laughs> <laughs> and so he has he has no choice but to sleep inside it uh Leonardo DiCaprio is a vegetarian um is he yeah and he's well, he's like a massive uh, environmental um, activist and he meat, so they said oh there's a part in the script where you eat like a raw liver but if you don't want to do it, you know, then we'll just, we'll get a prop. And he was like, oh, I'll do yeah. it. So he ate a raw liver of like a buffalo or a bison yeah. or something. Like, oh, it's, fucking, it's gross, isn't it? Yeah. He just wanted an Oscar, that bad. Well, yeah, he's like, he's what, what, like what more do I need to do to get an Oscar? That's just like mad. Like, yeah. It's, you know, like you watch, especially like the mid 2000s, you see who got an Oscar for whatever role. Yeah, yeah. You got an Oscar for like fucking shite, <laughs> like absolutely like no reason know, whatsoever. Yeah. Like he, he didn't even get like the fact that he didn't even get one for Wolf of Wall Street. He got an Oscar for saying a line. Some of them. <laughs> the fact that all the people that were in the Departed, including Leonardo DiCaprio, and the only person that got a fucking Oscar was Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, that's exactly. sort of like exactly that's the sort of shite. He's fucking after. Jack Nicholson didn't get one. Matt Damon was in it. He didn't get one. Like, like fucking yeah, Mark, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's the, he's the standout in fucking Martin Scorsese's Departed. <laughs> Fuck off. So yeah, the revenants. Um, I, I just think the skill it, it took to make mm. that film from everyone. Yeah. Um, the commitment of the cast, like they'd be like in 1917, they'd, they'd like rehearse during the day. I know yeah. you're right. We've got like 90 minutes. Let's go and get the take. If you don't get the take, you got to wait a whole a whole extra day. Yeah. To go and do it. 
Uh, the cinematographer, I can't remember his actual name. I just know his nickname on Instagram, like Kievo. I know Chievo. what you mean. Yeah. And he's, he's, he's always putting pictures up and they're like yeah. beautiful. Mm. And it's all the same thing, like no lights. He just goes out and like, not even like when photographers go out in golden hour, it's like his own fucking time. He just yeah. goes, yeah, that looks good. And then the photos he gets, like the best photos I've ever seen. And he destroyed the revenants, like in a good way, obviously. Absolutely superb. Like the, the best films. The, the cast best films of that film. I just yeah. want to talk about the cast. Mm. So you mentioned Leonardo, Tom Hardy, obviously, then he plays the the bad guy. Yeah. Um, the nasty guy. But he's absolutely superb, isn't he? Tom mm. Hardy's absolutely fantastic, as he is in the other yeah. two films that we've mentioned. Uh, Domino Gleason's in it. Yeah. Um, general he, Hooks from the Star Wars yeah. films. He also, he's absolutely fantastic. also plays a general, sort of, in this. He does, actually, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And he's in another film that I think Adam's going to mention mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, and Will Poulter yeah. is in it. Yeah, you People wanted to talk about. You recognise so him from Where the Millers? <laughs> yeah, so Where the Millers, uh, Will Poulter's in that. And he was also in, I don't know if anyone remembers it, because I watched it for some strange reason. Channel 4 used to have a comedy sketch show oh, with kids. Shit, yeah. and, what was um, that called? And it was on at like 9 o'clock. And yeah. They were like just swearing their head off and stuff. What was like that called? That. I can't remember what it was but they called. But always, he was always in that White Van Man sketch, yeah. wasn't he? And he was in the White Van Man sketch and he played like a South African and stuff. He was yeah. like. And like you would show people around this home and stuff He's like that, and there was always like a gag in it at the end. Yeah, and it was like a sketch show, but he was in that as well, and that's what yeah. I remember him from all yeah. the time. Like he just like a little kid in them films, in that TV show. Sorry, um, but no, he's absolutely superb in this. Um, he's one of probably the standout performances mm. for me. Um, he's just so conflicted and stuff, and he sort of like wants to do good, but he's terrified of Tom Hardy and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. It's absolutely fantastic film. I've only seen it once, I think, The Revenant. Mm. And it was literally, I think, we graduated. <laughs> we graduated from uni, and I was absolutely in the knack of the day, the day after, because we went for drinks yeah. and stuff, and it was just, like, the longest day ever. Yeah. And I had, like, two weeks of just doing absolutely sad all, and the ne- very next day of graduating uni, I was just laying in bed and watched The Revenant, yeah. and I was just like absolutely blown away by it, it was absolutely like, it it's just topped it off, um, absolutely superb, well worth a watch The Revenant, if you've got like two nine and hours, two and a half, it's, it's short, an, it's very slow though, because, is there cuts in it, I can't remember if he, d- yeah, if yeah. he puts cuts in it, there's like a lot does. of like really long yeah. takes, but, because um, I can't remember if he just went full, he was just like I don't do well, cuts anymore after being well, pretty, pretty, yeah, it's pretty much like that first opening scene he was like well, I don't even know what that is like, just massive takes in it though aren't there that, like, that opening scene I think it's about 7 minutes and it's a full on like yeah. it's, a, it's a huge battle like yeah. so many people get killed people get like getting set on fire stabbed heads chopped off mm. all sorts of shit and it's just all one take that's what I love about directors these mm. days is that they're like literally just they're pushing the boundaries of yeah. the, the thing is what they want to do pretty much what you just said then is it's just so brave yeah like to, to, to make a film like that and the way he's done it it's so brave and it's literally there's not one second of it that's not yeah. paid off it, it's fucking phenomenal Especially I'd, I'd like, recommend it I, I could watch that film every I day I think he's shot on film as well and mm. obviously like you can shoot on digital now mm. and most directors shoot on digital like yeah. the big the big ones are done on digital but he's one of them who like sticks to film and to shoot on film and to chase the light and stuff like that. Like it just makes it as hard as he can for himself. Yeah. Um and it, it pays off. It needs you yeah, you need to film directors like that yeah. in this day and age because everyone's just gonna end up just going to digital in the end. Exactly. But there's like directors like Inaritu and um Nolan mm. and Sam Mendes who stick to film. Yeah. And it pays off 
film just look it just bangs differently yeah. doesn't it bangs <laughs> that, mate. It just Fun bangs bangs just bangs mate um but yeah the revenant absolutely superb film mm. i'll go for a denise villeneuve film <laughs> villeneuve um we've talked about denise villeneuve <laughs> before yeah. can't say his surname um, but he's definitely one of those directors who I think he's passed up and coming now. I think he's arrived. No, he's fully, fully he's established. Fu- he's now, fully he? here now, and yeah. he's at the table. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this was actually one of his earlier films. Well, not earlier films, but before he actually sat down at the table um, <laughs> with Arrival, and just was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. here I am." Um, Sicario, twenty fifteen film. Starring um, Benico del Toro, Emily Blunt, and Josh Brolin. So it's about, I think I've spoken about it before, it's about Mexican cartels, Mm -hmm. um, drug war, and how the United States government are funding the drug cartels. And they're they're like, um, they're counting drug cartels and stuff as terrorism. This film is absolutely superb. It's just gritty, it's um, so realistic. Roger Deakins is back doing the cinematography so it looks absolutely superb Um, the story is superb Benico Del Toro's performance so Sicario means hitman Mm. I think it's in Spanish Mm -hmm. Um, so he he plays the hitman who's out for revenge on this drug cartel and Josh Brolin sort of gives him the reins to go out and get that revenge Benico Del Toro is absolutely superb. He's just so scary and he's hiding this past and stuff, but you can tell that he still cares. Really. Yeah. There's a bit where he, like, he saves Emily Blunt's character, who, oh, by the way, is absolutely fantastic in this film, again, like as she is in every other film. It has got a sequel. It's not as good as the first one because mm. um, Villeneuve didn't direct it, but it's well worth a watch. Go and watch it, Sicario talked about it before so I'll just like yeah glaze over it no, go on uh, definitely worthy of getting up up the ranks like for this year um so another film will come out Tom old Gleason's in this one as well yeah <laughs> uh, is soon to be at the time is soon to be um Star Wars co-star as well yeah Oscar Isaac yeah um so Alex Garland uh directed a film called Ex Machina yeah. in 2015 and it truly is one of the greatest films I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, it's not really widely regarded as much as we like it, I don't think. No. Um, but there's something about this film. It's just one of those where you'll you'll sit down and watch it and it'll just like, you just get it. It's sci-fi at its best. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, uh, so basically Oscar Isaac plays this insanely intelligent sort of, what, what, what would his job He's like a be? Mark Zuckerberg sort of fellow, yeah, really. yeah. yeah. So he's like this, he's got all this money and he's developing this technology. Um, a bit more complicated than Facebook, but <laughs> he's uh, he's ba- basically making AI. Robotics. He's He's making, he's making um, robots, essentially. Um, and Tom Gleason's character wins like a sort of raffle to go and uh, live with him for a few months and <laughs> sort of like see what he does and watch him develop this technology because that's what he's uh, that's what he's doing as well that's what he's learning about um, but it turns so sinister so quickly yeah and it really explores the sort of boundaries between where this technology can go because it's 
it's not too far like away from being believable this is what this is where humanity is sort of heading and it really explores this boundary of how far can you go in terms of making something that isn't human and at what point human. does it become human yeah um and it, i just think it's so interesting and so uh sort of morally conflicting mm. to watch the story pan out um so if you're not in sci-fi it's not going to really get you going but um she's superb isn't it? alicia um, vikander absolutely yeah. superb isn't it? Um, she is yeah so she plays the uh the main ai and even the cgi the cgi in it because she's mostly like see- it's just she's her like face isn't it she like, wears like a spandex like, doesn't she it's like this sort of a carbon fiber like like mesh so you can like yeah. see through her whole body but she's got this human definitely falls into that sci-fi category of um pushing the boundaries of like generic sci-fi mm. and asking questions it falls into like the black mirror category of like asking questions about pe- humans like like you say how how far can someone create something that's human and yeah. how far does it believe that it has the right to be human and, and uh, like the whole like own all the ethics beliefs. of the debate mm. like how fair is it to create something that yeah. develops its own sort of conscience and its own choice yeah it's, it's quite it's quite scary to be honest when you when you, you get into it but absolutely um, fantastic you know there's only th- three character three characters there's a few you know people popping up here and there but it works so, though when it's yeah, no, yeah. you know it's mm. completely isolated and they, they set out from the start like when he's when he goes to his house and he's like oh we've been flying what's he say he's like oh when do we get like into his like land like he owns all this land and he's like you're in it and he's like we've been flying over it for like the past two hours yeah, yeah, yeah. like there's fucking no one there it's just these three people well two people and a, and a robot yeah. <laughs> in this house and um yeah the tension builds it just it sets itself up for a really good last half hour yeah um but yeah, I fucking love this film. Super. I, re- I really do love Superb. it. I recommend it to anyone. Like, if you're not into sci-fi, it doesn't matter. Um, it's just a just a full, um, like conflict, and it gets you thinking. It's, it's interesting. Superb. I'll give a couple of honourable mentions actually before yeah. I get into this. So, looking at this, Fast and Furious Seven. No. Fast and Furious Seven. Nope. That was Fingy's last one. Paul Walker. Because that song come out, didn't it? Liz Khalifa. Charlie <laughs> Pete. See you again. The memes. Oh, well, I, I shouldn't laugh, but Vin <laughs> Diesel, right? <laughs> I just remembered this at the time. Every interview he did, like John, Jonathan Rosso, um, Graham Norton, okay. he'd just break out and start singing that song. Really? Like, oh, mate, really, but like really badly as well, like... <laughs> He's he's so weird. He's, he's dead he weird. He is dead weird. <laughs> but um, he'd just break out and start singing that song. And he'd be like... Oh, Did he do like the Wiz Khalifa like, rap as well? Like. Like. <laughs> Fast and Furious 9, I think, is the next one. Going to space. With John it? Cena. Going to space, Yes, mate. mate. Of course they are. Give me that. Um, Pitch Perfect 2. I like Pitch Perfect films. I haven't seen them. Uh, Man From Uncle. Good film. Them. Henry Cavill and um, Lisa Vikander's mm. in it as well. Um... Inside Out, Pixar, mm. The Martian. The Martian, yeah. We've spoken about The Martian film. before. We have spoken about The Martian before. Thing, yeah. Martian's good. unreal. Um, Ridley Scott, Matt, Matt Damon. Um, <laughs> after Interstellar, like literally a year after Interstellar. He's so still in space. He's still in space. Um, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Mm. I've spoken about Mission Impossible films before. They are absolutely fantastic films. And I think Rogue Nation is probably... 
the second best one. I think the latest one's probably the best one. Mm. But it was for a, for a bit the best Mission Impossible film. The last two are unreal. Yeah. Um, Ant Man. Yeah, I mean, it was good. Paul, yeah, Paul Rudd, we've fantastic. Man, Bridge of Spies is a good watch. Um, the Witch, I hear, is good. The Witch. Yeah, people have told me the Witch is good. So I'll take their word for it because it's horror. And The Big Short, good film. Mm. Um, Room with Brie Larson, she mm. won the Oscar. Mm. That was a good film, quite emotional. And before I get on to my last one, Southpaw. Yeah. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal literally went from Nightcrawler to Southpaw, so he went skinny from a skinny dweeb to, to heavyweight. Like absolutely Mike Tyson, motherfucker. <laughs> um, <laughs> Southpaw's fantastic, actually. It's well worth a watch. Um, I know I did Creed before, so I didn't really want to put it in the top five as well, two boxing films. But really, really good film. Jake Gyllenhaal at his best. He's just such a good character actor. Um, well worth a watch. And that comes on to... Speaking about pick. people who just, like, mould into their role. Mm. Um, Black Mass... Come out in 2015, Johnny Depp. Um, so everyone who knows Johnny Depp knows him basically for a part of the yeah. really, isn't it? Um, yeah. Jack Sparrow. And he was quite popular in the 90s from Hell. And um, He did loads of boss films in the 90s. Like Cry Baby, From Hell, uh, Sleepy Hollow. A lot of good films. Sleepy Hollow is a fantastic yeah. film. Anyway, he sort of, I want to say he sort of got like lost in the Jack Sparrow role and that was the only thing he was doing for... Yeah, it's for years, like, wasn't it? Obviously, he enjoyed it, and he he was amazing. The first three parts of Caribbean films, and he do the I Alice in Wonderland awesome. films as well. Yeah, so we just do these films where he's just like basically Jack Sparrow, mm. like, Willy Wonka as well. That's like Willy yeah. Wonka, he Jack just started Sparrow. playing all these really eccentric. Yeah, and it just people really got boring in mm. the end, didn't it? And I think he realised that himself, which is why 2015 he did Black Mass. So leaving the he tried, I think he's wanted to break free of Jack Sparrow mm. <laughs> on his clutches and go back to probably doing a role he was known for in like the 90s and stuff and just something he could probably seek his teeth into and that film come along in Black Mass so this is the film about um, James Whitey Bulger who was the leader of the Winter Hill Gang and controlled most, organi- most of organised crime in Boston yeah during the 70s and the 80s. Um, really horrible man. Part yeah. of the mafia. Mm. Known for many a people's murder. Um, or having an involvement in it. He was absolutely sadistic. Um, and Johnny Depp literally just falls right into this role. You wouldn't even think it was Johnny Depp. Yeah. He is absolutely terrifying yeah. in he's this role. He's unrecognisable as well. He's he? Like he, he has, like, you know, he's, but he has he's these like piercing blue eyes. Yeah. Um, he's bald on top. He's absolutely terrifying in this role. There is a scene in it with um, oh, what's his name? Hopper from Strange Things, isn't David it? Harbour. David Harbour's in it, and they're sitting around the table, and they're all like part of this organised crime thing. And Johnny Depp's character's sitting there, and he goes turns to um, Hopper mm. and says. 
this steak is absolutely phenomenal. Like, oh, you've got to tell me what what do you put in? Like, what's yeah. the secret to this steak? What what makes it? And he's like, no, no, I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you. It's a, it's a family secret and stuff. He goes, you've got to tell me what's in this steak. It's absolutely so important. So like, David Harbour's character like leans in and goes, it's just a little bit of this and like yeah. a bit a bit of garlic and a little bit of soy and stuff like that. Then leans back so and everyone's like smiling. Yeah. And it cuts to like Johnny Depp's character and he's like it's straight like dead serious yeah. and he goes you just give away that yeah. he's like he went into family secret and he was like a little a little bit of family secret this day next mm. day you can give be giving away cops like yeah, yeah. how much I'm making and stuff like that end of the day you don't like you don't fucking say anything and stuff like that yeah. and he's just like absolutely terrifying this guy's like sweating and stuff thinks he's about <laughs> to get killed and in the end he just like sits back in his laugh in his chair and goes but it's a great fucking steak and starts yeah. laughing and stuff and everyone's just like out. fucking out I saw, so he's sort of like absolutely um, terrifying you know like joe pesci levels and good joe levels. pesci absolutely like, he reaches that level like, like fucking psychotic like psychotic. He'll, he'll, he'll be having a joke and then next yeah. minute he's fucking stabbing you in yeah. the neck with a pen he's absolutely deranged like I can't no, even explain. I haven't, I haven't seen it to be honest. Um, I've, I've really the cast is really good. So yeah, I'll just go through the cast. It's yeah. quite a little bit. It's an odd cast. So Johnny Depp mm-hmm. um, is in it. He plays obviously, as I said before, the main, the Whitey. Whitey. He plays Whitey. So Joel Egerton's in it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely superb actor. He plays sort of like the FBI agent who's like tasked with um, handling him. Yeah sort of becomes involved sort of way benedict cumberbatch is in it as the mayor who is also johnny depp's brother ah. and he's got a little bit of thing in it kevin bacon's in it obviously so like this is your <laughs> six degrees of kevin bacon <laughs> to link all your actors uh david harper's in it as i said and uh, peter sarsgaard absolutely fantastic actor and dakota johnson from um, adam's favorite film Fifty yeah. Shades of Grey. So I'm gonna go away that now, is it? Absolutely fantastic film, Black Mass. Well worth a watch. Not sure if it's on any streaming sites, but it's there. It's, it's somewhere. It's probably it? cheap. Somewhere, if you look in the right places, you'll fun. always find the film. But, but that's not dodgy. <laughs> well, it's true, but you know, we're reputable. Look in the right places, and you'll fans. find the film. We're, we're reputable film fans. We pay for all of our. Don't advertise the dark weapon. This podcast, mate. <laughs> You can just buy it on DVD for about four quid, probably. Uh. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, yeah, gone on to a lot of films. There's one more we'll talk about, but we won't go into great detail. Yeah. Because it's a film by um, Tentin Quarantino. Tentin, Tentin. Um, Tentin and Quarantino is by written directio. Um, <laughs> we will talk about Tarantino in depth at some point in the near future, so we won't go into this. But, um, yeah, we do want to revisit the the... The episode where we did the Christopher Directed Nolan. Deep dive. Yeah. We'll do that uh, for Quentin. He, he's next on the list. So he did The Hateful Eight in 2015. It was just like a three hour epic western. It's like a stage play, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the, the film's that long, um, about about maybe two thirds, three quarters take place in one in yeah. one room. Yeah. Um, the cast is phenomenal. The, sort of, the sort of collection of, of people in that film. And obviously, you know what you're getting with Tarantino—the yeah. way the way it's written, the way it mm. builds up, um, how engaging all the dialogue is. You know, you know what you're getting. Um, but we won't go into great detail. And the only reason we're not doing that is because we'll talk about it in the future. And it's neither of our number ones anyway. Yeah. For this year, so 
yeah, Hateful Eight will come back to that. So now's the time. What's your number one film? Just a quick one on the Hateful Eight. Cool. That scene where um, Samuel Jackson describes the guy. <laughs> oh my God. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so my number one, probably tell, Mad Max, you already read. Thought so. Um, yeah. Greatest action film ever made. Hands down. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue with your choice. Um, but that's not mine. My film from this... Well, it's annoying because I had two films. So two of my five like most highly regarded films were, both came out on this year. Mm. Obviously, I can't pick both. Um, but purely based on skill and how the film's been pulled off, um, I'm going to pick The Revenant because it's Over probably... Yeah, I am, yeah. Um, oh. Just based on what we were talking about, Ex Machina is yeah. phenomenal. It gets you thinking. But it's a really, Revenant's it's just a really, like it's a film that sticks in your head. But the Revenant, this the skill that's required to pull mm. off something like that, I can't see it being done. I think both picks many times, filmmaking wise. Well, yeah, both both top top of their game on a, on a technical um, standpoint. Yeah, that's why we've picked them. Absolutely because unreal. They like they, they just stand out and stuff like that doesn't come along every year no, you know what I mean well <laughs> it doesn't come along every year it comes, two, up, comes along twice in one, one year, I yeah. Know, yeah it's like a bus yeah but yeah so um, we're into the second half of the decade now aren't we we've got we are we've, we've, we've got four years left four to go four years so they're getting a bit um, and then we'll have to pick one after all getting then, a bit fresh in the memory now aren't they, they? Are, yeah. Um, but yeah well, yeah we've got 2016 next mm-hmm. and then we're slowly creeping up to the end to, of the decade we're slowly creeping up to 2017 which is the episode it is it's the episode it's, it's some of the goats in there vintage yeah mate vintage um but that was 2015 yep i've been jake i've been adam yeah we haven't done that one before <laughs> <laughs> yeah thanks for, thanks for listening thanks um, for listening cheers jake cheers adam bye, bye. mom in this wasteland i am the one who runs from both the living and the dead a man reduced to a single instinct. Survive. As the world fell, each of us in our own way was broken. It was hard to know who was more crazy. Me. Or everyone else. <laughs> <laughs>